Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the next podcast here at Treknababble. This is Kevin. And this is Matthew. And we are getting ready to uh, review uh, the 100th episode of Voyager. Yes. Uh, timeless. Uh, it's It's been a fun week here at Treknababble. You sh- uh, our uh, review for the opening two-parter of Discovery uh, went up this week as well, so I think the plan for the moment is try to do Discovery Voyager, Discovery Voyager, Discovery Voyager. Um, we'll see how well we stick to that. But. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> life life happens, but um, but it's a fun time. It's 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 fun to have new Star Trek to review and fun to be going back to what I I agree with Matt. Whatever Voyager's other issues I may have with it, this is definitely uh, the high water mark of the series. So I'm oh, as far as episodes, yeah, maybe? yeah, I would say season five seems to be hitting. Oh, yeah, the season seems to be so far at least, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so it's, so it's 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 fun to not have to yell at this thing I love. Um, yeah. So Voyager, I mean, there was never any question whether it was real Star Trek, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was obvious from the pilot it was real Star Trek. Um, yeah, you know. I, so when Enterprise came on, I do recall occasionally, occasionally thinking to myself, "Hmm." Is this really Star Trek? You know, but they worked it out. They they told you know stories with ideas, uh, and you know it was firmly set in the universe, and they mostly did okay with continuity. Um, prequels are just a bad idea, which is why Voyager. You know, it, it's a it's a blank slate, right? Yeah. Even more so, it's a blank slate because they set it far away, right? Which I think was a wise decision. Uh, Kazan notwithstanding. Um, Malon kind of notwithstanding. They're annoying, but they're nowhere near as omnipresent, so well, it's not yeah. as bad. They didn't, yeah, they didn't dominate two whole seasons. Um, so yeah, the 100th episode. Voyager has made it for five seasons. Uh, I don't know if that was ever really in doubt, really. I believe, I, mean, I, I believe uh, at this point, it, I believe it was the only show, I, I believe by the show's second season, it was the only show that premiered at the launch of UPN that was still on UPN. So. Yeah, it was anchoring the whole fledgling network, which was to then become the CW, I guess? No, UPN became... Oh, was it? No, because it was WB... Oh, yeah, WB and UPN became CW. They merged, I think, Yeah, right? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think until about this point when uh, I think Girlfriends ran for like eight seasons and that would be the only other thing I think that could be called a successful long-term show um, and giving us Tracy Ellis Ross, so, you know, good for them. Uh, but other than that, it was this. This was the only show that was <laughs> that was getting renewed. <laughs> and so by UPN standards, it was a smash hit, right? Yeah. Uh, by the standards of everyone else, maybe not so much, but... <laughs> Hey, it's a syndicated show, right? So it, it doesn't really, or I guess it doesn't count as syndicated anymore. Like DS9 and TNG were syndicated, but Voyager, well, I believe this was also syndicated because not all outlets because UPN. Because like I remember sometimes, um, like yeah, like I could I remember if I was like visiting someone in a different city, sometimes Voyager might not have been airing on UPN. I think I saw like a WB airing at once. The, that might be confusing it with DS9, but I think because not every market carried UPN, um, I think it still counts as syndicated. Okay. Well, and certainly it's been syndicated since, right? Um, yeah, so 100 episodes. Uh, I guess they kind of tried to time a particularly thrilling episode for that. Uh, and it sounds like they had that in mind. Yeah, anyway. yeah. If memory serves, this was plan- like this episode was meant to be its 100th episode. But to be fair, you know, there were, I mean... In the Flesh was a pretty darn good episode as far as, like, excitement or entertainment value, and I could easily have seen that mm-hmm. as a 100th episode. Uh, I mean, it's got the big villain, right? You know, Voyager's big contribution to the canon, I suppose. Um, anyway, Timeless. Uh, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that it's a time travel story. Um, you know... Some time travel stories have been good. Some have been not as good. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen which one this is. So we will queue up our video. 
Everyone at home should do the same, whether it's Netflix or a disc. Uh, turn on your subtitles, I suppose. I'll do that now. And we will all press play in three, two, one, press play. A chilly looking uh, Arctic snowscape. Looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, no as, as backdrops go. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, our beaming. And that's the same beaming effect as has been present throughout the show, right? Yeah. I think that's the case. But there may be a reason for that, actually, which we'll see. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, you don't know who these people are, right? They've got sort of full headgear and masks. The music is a bit mournful sounding. This is pretty obviously a soundstage, but it's not horrible. I mean, those things look pretty frozen. Yeah. Whatever thing they did, whatever they sculpted, they did a pretty good job with, like, crenellations and coloring and stuff. <coughs> Certainly uh, a few steps ahead of the TOS, you know, sort of... <laughs> Oval of gravel and six rocks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when people would touch the rocks, they would, like, move, <laughs> right? Or deform. And that looks really pretty much like snow. Uh, very fluffy snow, but but it's got that kind of reflective quality. Oh, interesting. It's ice. I don't know how they're not slipping. Ah, and now we see an insignia, which looks like the future insignia. And then the pullback. And I think this is a pretty well-achieved shot. No, yeah, I agree. It's a very neat setup. Um between the future com badge and the obviously that you, you would it would take a long time for that much ice to accrete. Yeah. Um, it's clearly supposed to be the future, but I it's a, it's a good effect. It had a kind of like whoa quality to it. It's one of those uh, brief teasers. There have been a few in the history of the franchise. That one was under two minutes, um, you know, and it did not contain a lot of plot information besides. Arctic, maybe future guys if you key into that sort of thing, if you notice those things, yeah. uh, and ship under the ice. Why is it there? Who knows? Uh, as we're looking at the Voyager title sequence, I can't help but <coughs> compare it to uh, Discoveries, and I like this more. <laughs> I mean, it's Jerry Goldsmith. Come on, you know... It, Unless you're going to hire John Williams to do your score, you can't do better than Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't dislike the the Discovery uh, t- uh, title sequence, but this to me, it it's a variation on the classic TOS yeah. TNG yeah. type montage. It's got really cool effects, you know. I was I was always impressed by the reflection on the yeah, the, the ice rings. Yeah. Um, but the planet effects are nice. The stellar effects are nice. Um, the ship model, especially for mid nineties. Mm. Well, I think really Dis- I think Discovery is more successful than uh, than Enterprise. I I will defend that video montage, mm. you know, pretty vigorously. The song, I can see arguments against it, but the montage is good. Okay. Special appearance by Lavar Burton. If that doesn't spoil anything. Yeah, I always think uh, they should negotiate something with the agent to be like, can we just put his name in the end credits? We'll give him an extra $20. Yeah, something like that. So it's always fun when you have a deserted set and a set that is bashed, right? So this one is bashed and frozen. And you can just kind of make out now Harry Kim and Chakotay. Not two of my favorite Voyager characters. I I do think my enjoyment of this episode, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy it as is, I think I might have enjoyed it more had it been maybe Tom and Bolana or Seven and Tuvok. Like some, th- there are a couple, there are several other pairs I could randomly draw that I think would have increased my enjoyment um, of this part of the episode. Well, 
I understand that, and I agree that they are two of the less developed characters in the show. I do think these characters lend themselves to this story for particular reasons. Um, I mean, we've got, like, Dark Harry here, right? Come on! And Oof, I'm not a fan of his anger. Wh- whether or not Garrett Wang <laughs> is a good Dark Harry actor, the idea of Dark Harry makes sense. Mm, yeah, okay. Because Harry is such an optimistic, yeah. bright character in the regular timeline, and so the contrast is dramatic. It wouldn't be as dramatic if it were Tom Paris or Bellana. Yeah, I get that. I, I did enjoy the line that decks 10 through 14 are now deck 10. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was a, that, that was one of those like a, it's like an evocative line that does a good job of setting the scene without costing uh, the production people money. It must be really cold. There's Tom. Uh, to have basically no decomposition, you know, because they've got microbes and bacteria yeah. and all that stuff on board, and I. It's. Are we to take it that these lights? They turn them on, or yeah, they're still, they they've still been the blinking. Yeah, Can't I would say that me. would be the most upsetting visual thus far. That was like they they put some work into that, and yeah, it, and it pays off. And she looks dead. You know the way they've frozen over the panels, and these this stuff they do with their hands, it it really does look it like looks ice. like yeah, ice or yeah. frost, yeah. Seven. All right, Tessa, attractive brunette, maybe human female. I can't tell. Um, seems to be on the Delta Flyer, right? That's odd. Which does explain the transporter effect too. So, I you know, of course, it makes a lot of sense, and I, I like Dr. sort of uh, Rip Van Winkle type stuff. Yeah. You know, have we already done Living Witness? Yes. Yeah, and that's another, you know, in that yeah. kind of... I do have questions. Like, did he just shut off automatically? Yeah. You know, couldn't he have just put himself in the mobile emitter and tried to... I don't know. Do things. Resuscitate some of the yeah. crew or, or something, right? Okay, I like the celebration. I'll even go with smashing the champagne bottle. But no one in their right mind would throw that much glitter around their workplace. You would never clean it all up. Yeah, I wonder if they would have some future method of cleaning. See, I refuse to believe even the uh, advanced technology of the 24th century can effectively clean glitter. I don't believe it. Space communism, I'll believe. Glitter cleaning, never. Yeah. Next generation interstellar propulsion, the quantum. When 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 quantum is in it, you know it's advanced. Right. <laughs> the quantum slipstream drive. Four years, two months, eleven days. I do like the. I, I like the. They were. They clearly needed to do some piece of design work on the engine to make it look like it had been changed, but not something that would be impossible to set up or take down. And yeah, it does its job. Just sort of put a, an appliance with some lucite that is uh, showing the light through the edges of the lucite. Benamite crystals, Borg technology. Um, you know, in TNG, they said during, uh, what's it called? Uh, up the long ladder. But the ship cleans itself, right? Yeah. And Brenna O'Dell was like, well, good for the bloody ship. <laughs> I mean, you'd think they'd have the same self-cleaning mechanism. Yeah. Although this is supposed to be like a cruiser, like a less... A Talaxian Furfly. Oh, that looks like something out of nightmares. This is one of the worst outfits he's ever worn. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks like the upholstery in your doctor's waiting room. In like 1987. Yeah. It, I mean, it's really bad. Uh, I guess this is his, like, celebration wear. Like, the other stuff is more conservative, yeah. and this is the uh, Neelix partying. Tim Russ is so good at that, you know, 
pissy, unimpressed look. <laughs> this is some good humor. Yeah, they 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 keep it on uh on the right side of the line. It's it's good comic relief. Jerry Ryan acts it well, and they don't go for any cheap or upsetting jokes, which I feel like uh some writers might have gone for. Well, it's fun how, it, I mean, of course there is the question. Synthahol, does it get you drunk? Or can you easily dismiss the effects? Uh, you know, is it like a trick and she just doesn't know it? Is it a pill? You know, I, I don't know. But, yeah, the joke doesn't go too long. Right. You know, they mine it just as long as they need to. Right, right. And it works. And she's doing good drunk acting. <laughs> we are one. <laughs> So interestingly, uh, Tom is the one who is kind of raining on the parade a little bit, yeah. But do you see what I mean, though? It's it's like Harry is so gung-ho about it, and he's so optimistic about it, that it makes the dark Harry, uh, you know, more of a contrast. Okay. No, not a .42 phase At least it wasn't a .47. Yeah. So it'll be a bumpy ride. This is pretty good character work. You know, Harry is kind of telling Tom to quiet down a little bit. The uh, confetti actually helps Tom's hairdo. You know, it's nice that they give us the... uh, Instead of doing it chronologically, you know, they give us the teaser. Yeah. Because then it creates a sense of foreboding, right? Right, because we know what happens, yeah. I wonder how big the holodeck is. Is it as big as the bridge? It doesn't seem like it when they walk in. Yeah. You know, it seems smaller. And so then that raises the question of whether one of the walls is false or, you know, there are these roving reality bubbles that follow each person. Never explained. Never will be. Doesn't need to be. I suppose not. I don't know. I would like it to be, though. We're losing structural integrity. You know, and Harry's got, you know, this nice urgency. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom, Robert Duncan McNeil is very good at that emotion that he just delivered right there. You know, the sort of upset but resigned sense yeah. of duty. And, of course, Janeway, who has already gone through the, the void, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's not she's not happy about this news, right? Ah, and it's Harry's idea. More foreboding, right? Aha, and we're putting a shuttle in front, which explains why the Delta Flyer is in the future. I really like these past time frame scenes. There's a sense of urgency and a sense of uh, excitement among the crew. Mm. And I gotta say, because they show the ship being destroyed, it kind of avoids the Gilligan's Island yeah, thing yeah. for me. It's like a Gilligan's Island plot annoyance only works when it goes forward chronologically. And it, you know you sort of plod through all the steps and you know... Well, also, I think the stakes are different. In the Gilligan's Island episode, the, ba- the dangle is, will they get home? The answer is, of course, they don't. Here, the dangle is, will they survive? And the answer is, of course, they will, but it feel it doesn't feel the same as a, as your standard, the alien was lying the whole time. Yeah. Well, these Benamite crystals won't uh, last forever. Seems like they should have found a different power source. 
Um, I guess Tom is on board. Jane was having dinner with Chipotle. I hope you have an appetite. I do, Catherine. Vegetable biryani. Now, is that an Indian dish? Yeah. yeah. It's a nice bit of multiculturalism, <laughs> given that she's from Indiana, right? Yeah. I guess Indiana has made strides... <laughs> right, it's not in the past four hundred years. Right, it's no longer a <laughs> gravitational nexus of uh, American white nationalism. We're sorry, anybody who's listening from Indiana, but yes, but not as sorry as you are living in Indiana. Yeah, your state sucks. Okay, <laughs> Just get over it and make it better. Before anyone says anything about Illinois, I'll take I'll take bankrupt pension system any day. <laughs> So Chakotay often is thrust into this role as being, you know, Janeway's sort of uh, devil's advocate or conscience. <coughs> I, I feel like uh, Robert Beltran does it well. I just don't know how much he likes it as an actor. Yeah, and my only problem is it, it makes some sense that Harry's the one doing it since it's his plan and blah, blah, blah. It seems like, and also Chakotay, like, it, whatever they have him do, it's like, oh, this week he's interested in paleontology, or uh, the history of his people, or definitely not the history of his people. Like, his interest and his skill set seem the most flexible to the needs of the script, and it makes it a little harder to see. Like, it doesn't flow naturally that Chakotay is the co-pilot on this very technical, high-risk mission. It really should be Tom or Bolana. Yeah. Or Seven, for that matter. So this is a nice uh, dissolve. I wonder if that pad still works. I imagine it does. It's presumably a pretty solid state. Yeah. It's a nice planet shot. Some interesting snowsuits. I mean, not all that different from what you might give a kid. With the sort of uh, suspenders. Yeah. Not sure it's that different than an actual emergency snowsuit, like some type of rescue gear. The grayed hair. I, uh, I know. They never get it right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess it would take a really long time to do individual strands of hair salt and peppered, right? Or you could just go whole hog with that, especially for Harry, only 15 years. Right, like, he shouldn't have a head of gray hair. He should only be... In his late Maybe 30s. Maybe 40, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking down the barrel of 35 and knock on wood. I have yet to find my first gray hair. I think, uh, you know, it's not impossible. And <laughs> Well, I'm 40 and I've got a few, but nowhere near as many as Harry or... I suppose Chakotay must be 50. Well, he has more than, than the doctor does. And I think the doctor is older in real life than Chakotay's character would be at this point. Th that look between the Doctor and Chakotay is really good. It's really good directing yeah. to insert that because it shows that the characters have internal thoughts. Yeah. You know, and that they have thoughts that they can anticipate in each other. That's the kind of thing that frequently is missing in sort of bad versions of stuff. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like non-Star Trek, New Trek, right? Mm. Or uh, I watched a video about The Simpsons that talked about, you know, characters. Yeah, right? no, yeah. Early, one, early yeah. Simpsons, the characters have real traits that are uh, solid and enduring. And so it makes it more enjoyable to watch because you, you form expectations about how they might react to a situation. Whereas later Simpsons, it's just a bunch of shit that happens, right? And so in, by the same token... These characters are still acting very much like the characters that we've come to know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm not the biggest. Like, I find 
Garrett Wang's like self, what's the word I'm like, like his survival guilt just reads like moody teenager. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't click for me. I agree. It's not the best. Um, I like, I like Robert Picardo's acting choices. There's a, like, there was like a tension in his jaw that just makes it clear. It's deeply upsetting to see his friend laying there dead, but he has enough detachment to continue whatever it is they're doing. Uh, the Tessa character. Um, how do I, I, uh, I just, I don't care about her. Well, I, I agree with that. Do, do, I like, don't do you like the barrette? Yeah, there. <laughs> um, and I don't care enough about Chakotay to care about that he found something, like, I think this could have been, like, if you were going to include this character, you could have ended up with, like, a fun hip check on, you know, like, City on the Edge of Forever, or, um, you know, Inner Light, or DS9's Children of Time, where I, I just don't care that he'd be giving up this relationship to save the crew, and I don't quite understand or care why she's so gung-ho on altering her own path like you know what i mean it just so it's a lot would you, of, yeah. would you have preferred it if there had been maybe one or two more minutes dedicated to their relationship to you know because it's an interesting character story let's say tessa has fallen in love with chakotay and as someone who loves him she wants him to be happy right yeah and so she helps him to the best of her ability to fix the situation they're having sex <laughs> um to fix the situation that is causing him grief right even though she's making a sacrifice to do it uh you know that's a pretty compelling it story, is right? maybe it would have helped if it were only one of the voyager crew in the shuttle so that all of the pair stuff in the shuttle was with this character because she you, yeah she just doesn't get enough time for me to care about what she's doing or why she's doing it so maybe one of them hmm i mean Presumably there'd be a crew of two, you know, on this lead shuttle, right? So maybe one of them could be like in the loony bin or something and they smuggle him out because he went insane. And so he wouldn't take as much time. Yeah. And it would just be more focused on yeah. Tessa and Chakotay. So, you know, having been watching the show pretty closely, I think Chakotay is really subtle, you know? If you look for it, you can find Robert Beltran doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I tend to care about him a little more than I think of you. You do. Um, I just find his character beige. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I agree he's underutilized. I think Robert Beltran is a pretty good actor. Yeah, like, if it were just the two of them in that shuttle, I could actually... Maybe that would have given this plot enough time to cook. So, they found board component... Who's this? What's this? You know, 8812, whatever. Um, as a mechanism for traveling back in time. Good? Bad? Lazy? No worse than the others. Yeah. You know, they go around the sun. Well, know. yeah, I mean, all good time travel like any good magic story, requires that the magic be the cause of the problem, not the solution to the problem, or that that solution has to come with cost. And I, I think that crosses that line here. It's not effortless. It's not easy. <clears throat> um, yeah. I feel like the Tessa actress, Tessa, is it Tessa or Tessa? I can't tell. Yeah, she's going for it. I, I, My problem is not with her. Yeah, like you can really... Well, and, they're, you know, they're, they're putting a fine point on it now. Yeah, so maybe this conversation could have gone a little further. Yeah. You know, why do you have no intentions? Does right? she also seem too young for him? Well, I mean, that's a big conversation, right? <laughs> you know, to, in drama, should characters, older men, be with younger women? That seems to be a frequent thing. I, you know, I don't... She's, just, she looks 30. No, I'm not saying it's like, I believe there is some unsolvable power imbalance. It just, it, it, it catches my eye that it's like, Chicote should be pushing at least 50 here, if not well into his 50s. She might be 35. A well-preserved 35, but I, it just, I don't know, like, like, was she an adult when Voyager crashed? Because the answer might be no. <laughs> 15 years ago. I mean, 
you know, they gave it a little bit. But there could have been more. More more to that emotional aspect. So here's an interesting, uh, you know, astute viewers will then... Yeah, it's Chakotay's sub... Uh, Chekhov, Chakotay, Chekhov's uh, subspace message. Yeah. That was super upsetting when I saw it the first time. Because <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is just Seven Skull. Yeah. And he he's, of course, he's a doctor and a hologram, so he's very clinical about it. Um, I like this. This dialogue here. A Vulcan Children's Choir. I want to see that. We got medals. You know... It's evocative dialogue. Yeah. Admiral McIntyre wanted me to marry his daughter. Who's Admiral McIntyre? I just don't like that line. It's too on the nose. No one... I I just... He can either be... He's like too literally aware of his survivor's guilt to have made no progress in actually dealing with it. I don't know. It just... it, it, It... it's a little talky, not showy for me. I understand. Uh, it just it, it there, there's a better scene. There, there's a slightly better scene living in that dialogue, and like like Michelangelo, I would just like a little more chipping away at the granite. So, what I do like about it is part of the reason. So it's not just survivor guilt. It's mm-hmm. like a survivor guilt born out of the world guilt, that they guilt. live in yeah. well no i mean yes it's guilt that he caused the problem but also this world presents so many potential solutions that it would be very hard to move past something yeah. like that yeah you know we're going to try to find the ship we're going to try to find some way to travel back in time to stop the disaster whatever right uh and i like the idea of him being obsessed and alienating the people that yeah yeah that's all solid i don't know it's just the this the way the scene played itself dark harry is not the best harry right (laughs) uh garrett wang has found his niche and it's not this (laughs) right yeah but you see and this dialogue is really nice did you ever stop to think about what you're trying to do altering the timeline could make it worse so this timeline only exists because I made a mistake <sighs> I mean this yeah it, it raises a lot of questions is there an Ur timeline yeah. that is always preserved are there many timelines overlapping coalescing coming into being and ceasing to be you know based on the technology that they have right I mean, our timeline is our timeline, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Right? But they have technology that allows them to make that not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, I guess we could think back to previous instances, right? Um, You know, in City on the Edge of Forever, that timeline exists for a while and then stops. Yeah. Right? Or does it keep going? You know? Is it a quantum sum over histories thing like they portrayed in parallels? Uh, some of those histories are more likely, some of them less likely? I, I don't know. I there Maybe there's not enough time to get into that <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, like in this okay, episode. Good callback, the captain's log, played before, played now. Yeah. Nice framing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the way they've they spent a long time in the future time frame. And so it, when they come back to the, like the fresh Voyager that looks nice, it, it's, it's jarring in a, yeah. good, in a good way. Is that good hair for her? Yeah. I feel like she settled into her good hair phase. Yeah. It's interesting that no one else gets a chair. You know? I always thought Tuvok had like This a was little... a really cool yeah. <laughs> surprise, right? 
So that almost looks like the thing that Dr. Crusher put Jordy's visor in. Yeah. Yeah, it's the eyeball, you know? Yeah. The eyeball is creepy. So this is the Starship Challenger, yes? I mean, this is cool. <laughs> this is good fan service. Like, this, this is a conversation I think I could have with any number of fans and any number of non-fans for the rest of eternity. But good fan service and bad fan service, it's like, this is good because it calls back to someone I know in a way that doesn't break what I know about them, but it is not required that I know them to enjoy this part of the story. Yeah. If that were just another capable actor... It as, would be enjoyable to watch. Right. Like, you know, like, like if it were Silva the Forge, you know, like, like the, the, the few seconds of her I got in an otherwise mediocre episode of Aquiel, like, those few moments of her on the screen were like, you are a good actor, I believe you're a captain, I'm on board with all of this. And so it's like, it doesn't break fan the history of the show and it doesn't require your knowledge of it either it is simply something that benefits people who know and care about the history and that's it so good fan service well yeah and the reason it's fun is because it gives us future history to a character we love right and because it's future history so bad fan service these are the voyages right right the enterprise finale basically it's almost always bad when you go backward into previously done stories. Right. Right? Because if nothing else, it suggests that the story we were told was incomplete. And you're the one who wrote it. If the story's incomplete, that's your fault. But also, it's almost impossible to get actors who look the same yeah. to match the writing perfectly. I mean, it can be done. It's just hard. Yeah. So why set yourself um, that I challenge? also like. Um, I also think it man- it stops short of being too cutesy or what we've what what what's called the small universe problem like it wasn't the enterprise yeah but it was pretty sweet ass to see that galaxy yeah, right right model <laughs> yeah i mean it, it gives you a little thrill if you're you know yeah nerds like us who cut our teeth on tng you know we, yeah. have, we haven't seen a galaxy class ship since well the end of ds9 anyway um Got some shaky cam, but uh, it works. Traditional shaky cam. Not documentary shaky cam. The one question I had is, why don't they just... They seem to have the option of shutting down the drive at this point. Why not just just go and skip? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good question, Kevin. (laughs) I don't know that there is an answer here. Maybe they could have... Put some dialogue in that said... They'd have to inject the core or something. Well, or once they start it, you know, it has to burn through. Like, you know... Like a Romulan... Stopping it destroys it. You know, whatever. Now, this is pretty good acting. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got that confused and, like, freaked out vibe going on. And, you know, they're building the music nicely here, and it really, this whole sequence really works, especially now. Okay, now again, yes, it's annoying that we've got these synced up yeah, you know, yeah. two timelines. Though they do eventually call down the episode, like, isn't the past just there? We can just do it again. Yeah. And they're doing it right now, right? This is no ordinary phone call back. We're talking to yesterday. Timing is everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I, under, I kind of understand he wants to make sure she gets it in a context where she will actually notice it and use it, right? But why not just send a message to, like, last week? Well, but I, I get the impression that he can't send much of a message. Mm. And so it's, like, just a number or something. Yeah. Kind of like in... Uh, What's it called? TNG uh, 3. Cause and effect, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the message has to be really short.
See, now this is interesting. Yeah, that doesn't work. Like, the corrections were always part of the history. Right. And they're just not working. Does the Delta Flyer have this quantum slipstream right. too, or is it traveling within the slipstream created by Voyager? I, I have questions. Yeah. And this is an, like good tech serves the story. Um, bad tech overwhelms it. It's, it's like the tech can, should not fail. In only the precise ways to propel the story forward, that makes it feel like a less credible thing. I I didn't mind it. Uh, no, I, it's not bad. It's certainly not the worst. I really liked the shots we're getting here. The exterior shots, yeah. the, showing the ship careening, yeah, is very effective. And then you know, this shot of them you know plummeting, falling like a rock, yeah, is really cool. You know. This is not as good as, say, Generations. Yeah, yeah. But it's still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, clearly CGI mountains and stuff. Yeah. And that I think that's CGI, too, and that's pretty darn good, Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. My only thing is, everyone should have been turned to salsa on that kind of impact. Like, I mean, come on. Well, we don't know how many broken yeah. bones they have. Yeah, it's true. That looks really good. Yeah. I wonder if that galaxy class was CGI. I don't think so, though. I, I think it might have been a model shot. It's just a really good model shot. Mm. I, I, what did they use for DS9? Models or CGI? I think they used like cut-and-paste model shots manipulated with a computer. Mm. So it wasn't full 3D models, but they did like computer mm. compositing with lots of different angles of models. Okay. That's my understanding. Mm. So Harry says, we wouldn't still be here if it had worked. I guess he's right. I guess that makes sense, right? He hasn't sent the right corrections yeah. yet. So now he has to send new corrections like a minute before or at the, like at the same time. Can he drown out the old yeah, corrections? Yeah, can't we just call Voyager again? The past isn't going anywhere. Now, this dialogue's pretty good, because he's kind of having the same, yeah. you know, sort of... I mean, he does have time pressure. The nice thing about this dual time pressure is that there really is a pressure On the outside, here. yeah. yeah. They've got the Challenger. I think that's the shot of the Odyssey right before the Jem'Hadar careened ah, into it. Maybe so. You've got a core breach coming in three minutes. Ugh. See, that's no, the line reading that just. Ugh, see, I like it. Okay, this line reading I don't like, but I like his frustration. He's he's not emotionally mature. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he basically like stalled in his development at age. I, I do like the doctor snapping him out of it. Do you feel like you should slap him right now? <laughs> like a glass of water, yeah. <laughs> so, I never thought of that in 15 years. Can you check for... No. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> the warp core ejection system is actually like two house cats yeah. that like drag the warp core out of the ship and they just don't feel like it They're right taking now. taking a nap. It's losing power. 
So they're going to use the doctor's emitter. Um, yeah, it's a nice sacrifice, I guess. I do, of course, still have questions about... Like, apparently everything uses, like... Uh, what do they call it? Wireless charging yeah. in the future. It's a pretty nice shot of Dumb Fire mm. exploding. So my, my question is, when what, is this happening? Yeah. Is this Did it, like, supersede somehow? A minute before yeah. the previous transmission? Seconds before? Or is it is it just overpowering the previous transmission, or what? Right? Yeah. And so yeah, they're out of it, and they're perfectly safe. Yeah, just do that again. <laughs> Captain, I didn't send any phase corrections. Bum, bum, bum. I really would love it like, if he had added, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it took nearly ten years. So just do it six more times. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Um, but also, um, so between Kess's thing, the slipstream from the Dauntless episode, this slipstream, whatever help they got from Borg space, like... The, it seems like it should be about halfway. Right, the way she said, it's not a matter of if we get home, but when. Um, it makes the continued presence of the Borg even more annoying for me. Well, I mean, clearly the Borg are capable of traversing mm. great distances uh, very quickly. And they do eventually sort of hang a lampshade on that and invent the, uh, what do they call them? Transwarp hub. Transwarp conduits with, yeah. with the hub, yeah. Of course, that does raise the question why they never just sent two ships to the Alpha Quadrant. When but they've that's got a... so many. Well, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of, you know, burners going. Yeah. <laughs> Seven found a Starfleet security code... Embedded in the transmission. Okay, so dramatically, of course I enjoy Harry seeing a message from his future self. Yeah. Right? Of course, I how did he I send think... the message if they didn't get the causality loop of how did you go, how, how did the future tell you this if the future that created that never happened? Well, yeah. it's a closed time-like curve, basically. But um, my, only qu my question is more practical than that. Mm. It's just... If it was so hard and power was so, you know, dicey in terms of getting the transmission through, you know, video, maybe they've got some killer compression algorithms <laughs> in the future, but it seems like this is a pretty big thing to right, add. Like, like text will always be a much easier. Uh... Somewhere, somehow, sometime, you'll come through for us. It's a very Janeway moment. You know, she's taking care of her crew and bucking them up when they're down. I like that. This is like the second ghost Harry type incident in his character's timeline, right? Because he's this is already alternate Harry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the other timeline uh, when the ship was... It was it a spatial scission? Is that what they called it? Yeah. Um, and now other alternate Harry is impacting... I mean, Harry's got to have some messed up uh, psychology at this point. You know, it's nice that his character feels guilty about it not working or something. Yeah. Like, it really was going to be the disaster that Tom predicted. And he seems genuinely shocked and upset by the idea mm. that everybody was killed. 
I wonder how many people in the Star Trek universe <laughs> have talked to a future version of themselves. Yeah, have some sort of video that they can't explain. <laughs> right? Uh, story editor Brian Fuller. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, so I think it's not perfect. Um, writing wise, there are certainly some interesting dramatic setups. Yeah. Right, uh, putting characters in tough situations in an interesting way, um, giving us future history, which is always fun. You know, kind of like we got in uh, All Good Things, let's yeah. say. Um, and they had, was it exactly the same uniform insignia? Yes, I think so. But it was. But the... they had the gray DS Nine uniforms. Yeah. Um. So. Writing-wise, I liked all those aspects of it. It did seem like there were maybe a few inelegant uh, kludges to get things done. Yeah. Right? So, and the, the char- character stories, you think maybe they should have focused on just one, whether it was Guilty Harry or Tom and Tessa Love... Not Tom. Uh, Chicote. Yeah, Chicote I just... Tessa yeah, Love I think story. it would have... Uh... And let one of those breathe more? Yeah, yeah. Or combine them. Yeah. Make it that Harry's the only one who lives or something. Right, right. Um, I, I mean, I do think Robert Beltran can carry a romance storyline a little better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, Harry's romance history has not been the best on, on Voyager. Hmm. Uh, not that Chicote makes great choices, but you kind of believe it. Yeah. Right? From an acting standpoint. Um, okay. But, you know, neat situations. Yeah. Right? Good fan service. Uh, what do you, what do you think the writing is? Three, four? Between a three and a four. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Uh, acting? Uh, everyone on Voyager did a good job. I like Janeway as always. Doctor was good. Um. I liked Tom Paris, uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. I thought he really... They, did, they didn't go there with the story. He's had other storylines where he um, yeah. has like some sort of undercurrent of emotion that's yeah. preventing him from being enthusiastic or something. And it seemed like there was that here. They didn't go there with it. But you get the feeling that Robert Duncan McNeil had it mapped out in his mind the way Tom felt and yeah. you know, yeah. where he was as a character. Um. So, I am not a Garrett Wang hater by any means. I think it's fair to say that Garrett Wang is not the Olivier of the crew, right? Uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think this is a little beyond his range. Um, That's a way to put it. Uh, so yeah, it, and it does kind of disconnect me from the story a little. Uh, fortunately, the doctor is good enough. The general idea is good enough. I just think with really, hell, I mean, like Seven and Naomi Wildman would have would have torn it up. Hmm. I could see that. I mean, it would be a different actress for Naomi Wildman. It would have to be, but or I'm just being I'm being facetious. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I think there are so many other pairs that could have rested some like Shakespeare out of this like um... yeah yeah maybe so so the acting is maybe average to slightly above average yeah uh, production values are great no yeah. two ways about it the shot of Voyager under the ice it feels like that's like the picture they started with in their head and then kind of built the episode around it yeah. but it works like it's an evocative image yeah well and we got a galaxy class ship we got uh, you know Captain LaForge we got Lots of cool explosions and sort of... Uh, Did he direct this? I don't think... Okay, because I was just wondering why he was around. No, he must have been written in. Okay. Maybe they looked to see who they had available yeah, yeah. For, for a big event. Well, I think Ber- Berman has said a, set, a couple of times that I think Frakes, uh, Burton, and someone else all have offices in the Paramount lot huh. uh, near his for their own, you know, post track lives. So it makes it a little easier to be like... Hey, Jonathan, you want to come hang out? Like, yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes is a good thing and sometimes <laughs> not so good. 
no fault of Jonathan Frakes. He had his reservations about these are the voyages. voyages. Um, and it was always great to see Marina Sirtis, who's coming back yeah. uh, soon enough. Yeah. Uh, and Dwight Schultz, of course. Yeah. Who's, ah, I mean, he's fabulous. I, I love Barclay. Um, anyway, that's getting off the top a little bit. Yeah, production values, probably a, a solid five, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Distinctly above average to even superior. So, all told... It's a four for me. Yeah, I think I have to go with a four, too. Um, you kind of hope for a five in a big event story. Yeah, and it's ambitious. I just, I think the the future crew lines stories didn't quite... Like, Garrett Wang's acting and Chakotay's romance, neither of which rose to the level to give me something, like, urgent about it. Yeah, so... City on the Edge of Forever is an interesting comparison. You know, for one thing, the teleplay is five minutes longer. Yeah. You know, so you've got five extra minutes to develop a relationship with, right? And so that the Kirk-Edith Keeler relationship, you know, they hold hands, they walk down the street, they go see a Clark Gable movie, you know, like they talk about the future and about space poetry and shit like that. And so... It feels more upsetting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if one of the two people in the shuttle had been Tom or Balana, I could see you could picture like a survivor guilt Tom because we've seen dark, t- dark hints of dark Tom in various permutations. Yeah. And the survivor guilt over losing Balana could have been like a really interesting way, like if it returned him hardcore to the person he was at the start of the series or even Balana, like. Well, she, I'm sure she could rip it up. Like, and it would have been really interesting if they had been in a romance with a future character, but still secretly been trying to get back to... Or hell, had it been Tom and Bolana in the shuttle, and they survived and had a life, and then that would have given some, maybe a kid. Oh, they're giving up their kids? Ooh, that's yeah. tough stuff. Yeah, like, because then, <laughs> then you really could have had it be like, they did move on. They they made peace with the loss. They grieved. They mourned. They moved on. They built a life, a good life. But then the Borg thing showed up. Fell like a solution fell into their laps. Like, I mean, you're a parent. Would you, I mean, is like if you could like prevent you know Pearl Harbor or something, but it would erase your children from history. I think you might not do that. Well, I mean, let's just go more recent, right? <laughs> Who gives a shit about Pearl Harbor? Let's prevent some shit that needs preventing in the last, oh, 12 months or so? Yeah. Uh, but I, I still think even to um, obscure the, uh, you know, prevent the Orange Cheeto from taking power, I still don't think you would casually or even after great deliberation be like, I will erase my, my family from the timeline. Yeah, it would probably <laughs> have to be something tantamount to the survival of the human race or yeah. something. Uh no, I agree, and so it's it's interesting, an interesting dramatic uh, yeah. question. Yeah, which you know they they don't get to. Yeah, in this episode, so it's not as ambitious emotionally. Yeah, so it's got a it's got a great scope, it's got a great production, it's a fun episode to watch, even with um, the problems I've identified. Um, I don't I don't I don't uh, dislike this episode or fail to enjoy watching it, and that crash sequence is really cool. Like it. Could have been more, but that's not you know. Lots of things could be more. Well, I think for the for the effects they had, for the technology they had, for the budget, uh, it it was by far the most spectacular thing they've done on Voyager yeah. so far. Yeah, isn't that fair to say? I think yeah, that's I give fair. you that. Um, so yeah, uh, Kevin and I both give it a four, which makes it an eight total of another very solid episode in this season. Um, you know, the season's shaping up to be pretty kick-ass. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing. It's like DS9 never seemed to get as consistent Mm. as Voyager has gotten. Now, you might argue, and we'll see if it happens, that, you know, Voyager kind of jumps the shark or something with the Borg or who knows what, right? But they're in a really good, solid stretch right now. Mm. And this... I would not be shocked if this season stood up to some of the best TNG seasons. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Or at least was close in shouting distance. Yeah, I'm, I, I am looking forward to like the 
end of our project to the extent of just seeing all the numbers laid out. I'm really curious what those <laughs> will look like. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we won't have to wait very long for the next episode of Discovery. Uh, context is for Kings, I believe is the title. Something like that. They're yeah. they're digging into those like TOS style. Yeah. Uh, Conscious of the conscience of the. Kingdom. Yeah. Um, so uh, look for look forward to that and uh, see you here for the next uh, review. Yep. Have a good night. Have a good night, everyone.